AgBioscience is supported by Indiana Farmers Insurance. This is AgBioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agrinovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things AgBioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Analyzing the performance of publicly traded companies provides really unique insight into what's happening in the global market and provides a view into what could be ahead for both public and and private companies. Certainly true here in ag bioscience, public companies like John Deere, Case, Corteva, Elanco, many others reporting every quarter, give us a sneak peek into what they're doing and what's ahead. Joining us today is an expert in analyzing that information from public companies. She is awesome. This is going to be a ton of fun. Welcome Kristen Owen, Executive Director, Equity Research at Oppenheimer, a full service brokerage and investment bank. Kristen, Welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thank you so much, Mitch. I'm really excited to be here. I have loved spending the day with you. We have traded fun stories. We're going to dig in today into big acquisitions, what's happening in Ag Bioscience, in the past, what's coming, some big macroeconomic conditions that will shape the future undoubtedly. But before we do, we have to learn more about you. I love your story from Ohio to Wall Street. Buckle up. Here we go. What's the story of Kristen? Kristen. <laughs> Uh, well, so I guess to start with, um, I did go to business school. I went to school in at Kent State University, where I studied none of what we're going to be talking about today. So <laughs> basically, my business degree qualifies me to buy you a drink. Uh, grateful uh, for that. Grateful. But it turns out that learning how to talk to people is a really valuable skill and one that is valued in, in the finance industry. So I found myself in uh, entering the workforce right in the middle of the Great Recession. Mm. I worked for a bank at that time, small bank that was based in Ohio, and was selling research products. I was selling mutual funds. And I, I continued to ask my boss during that time, learning very much on the fly as we were, why is it that we're choosing these mutual funds? Right. Why are these the best products? And my boss, uh, probably not giving him enough credit by saying this, but his response was, because they're the best. So my career has been about taking every step back to, to answer that question. Why do we, retirees, individuals, yeah. why do we invest the way that we do? I could have saved a lot of time and energy if I had actually asked that question more. Uh, I hope that in this in this career as a research analyst, I've learned how to ask better questions so we get better answers. But all paths led me to equity research, uh, something I had to go back and, and get my MBA to, to understand. Did the CFA program, which may or may not be familiar to some, but it's a, it's a research analyst program, and found myself uh, in equity research covering stocks that were at the nexus of um, industrials and technology. And it's such an interesting sort of forgotten space. I, I would say back when I started in the industry, 2010, 2012, Industry 4.0 was just coming to the fore. It's been really rewarding to see so many of those technologies, whether it's connectivity or GPS, now have a, a place in, in the world and within applications that actually have some, some real return on investment for them. So that's a long story short. We can, we can dive into other aspects of it, but that's, that's where I come from. I love it, Kristen. And your coverage area, so we're going to dig into what an actual 
equity researcher does because it may be new to some, but your coverage area has a lot of focus on ag bioscience, John Deere, Case, Trimble, Corteva, Benson Hill, lots of others. As you look across your coverage area, what big trends have begun to emerge either in this economic cycle or what do you what do you see ahead? So at a high level, what I view my role is is helping to allocate capital to where it can make a difference. So whether that's helping my clients make more money, obviously we want to do that. That's important. I provide the research and the know-how to help them form that investment decision. I don't own any stocks. I don't trade any stocks. But I try to help them understand and contextualize how do companies um, develop products that people want to use. So within agriculture, you know, you can look at that from any number of lenses. We've got, like you talked about, the um, the ag equipment manufacturers. Uh, you've got the chemical and inputs companies and seed technology providers. And then you've got sort of the, the back-end system that is the ingredients and sure. food and healthcare system. Rather than taking those bit by bit, we tend to take more of a thematic approach to our research coverage, and, and we can talk a little bit about that, but but the way I describe it is we're an applied technology coverage universe. And we think about technology as not being developed within a silo, but applied across different applications. If we take a, a cross-section of agriculture, you know, you've got a lot of technologies that are being developed in, say, the automotive space or in the uh, telecom space. Sure that are being applied to machinery today. I'll I'll joke a little bit and say AI, a hot topic, but it's one that can be very valuable when we're talking about iterative processes. How do we develop new traits, new technologies faster? That's a great application for something like artificial intelligence. And we've seen a giant rise in the application of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and a lot of these ag tech companies that you and I have talked about of, how do we how do we create a digital twin? How do we go create all the insights that we can and then run it on a model and see what actually happens? Now, the challenge is, is the current environment we're operating in, right? So the ag economy itself is, is pretty cyclical. When we look at what we've seen of late, especially in food, giant inflation, highest since food inflation, highest since the 70s, just a couple quarters ago. Uh, recently, the print came out and core inflation is is still increasing. We've seen unsteady supply chains. We've seen geopolitical challenges all around the world, a commodity market that's cooling. I mean, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but there is, there is challenge that operates in this world. Give us a sense as you look across all of the big publicly traded companies that you're looking at in ag bioscience, how are they navigating these? Are there any themes, any trends that we can pull out? And how are there opportunities that are created from pure turbulence? Yeah, I, I would say a lot of those factors that you outlined actually contributed to a very favorable backdrop for innovation and for agriculture over the last two to three years. Uh, commodities prices being first and foremost. And it just so happened to occur at the same time that we saw technology, connectivity, and sort of a maturity of the capital markets that that allowed a lot of those technologies to come to the fore. So 2020 to 2023 has been really a phenomenal period of investment and opportunity within agriculture. And it, it has 
in part been a beneficiary of some of those dynamics that you talked about. So now, as we look at inflation starting to come down, with it commodities prices starting to come down, all of the companies that I look at are trying to understand how do we position ourselves for where we are, whether it's the economic cycle or what we talk about in big capital T, capital C, the cycle um, tends to align with sort of the capital goods cycle, the equipment manufacturers. And all of that comes down to net farm income, right? Amen. When farmers make money, they like to spend money. They feel good about where you know where they can spend money. And there's been uh, a lot of that spending that's happening. Now we're starting to tighten our belts, and innovation often comes out of necessity. So I am so looking forward to, in many ways, where this market can go now that we're in a position where money isn't free. And we really have to think about how are we going to continue to enable producers and growers to generate profitability, to put food on their families' tables, um, and do so in a really dynamic environment from, from the big macro perspective. We're going to talk about how when we come back. We'll take a quick break. Ag Bioscience is supported by Indiana Farmers Insurance. Whether your farm is your business, your hobby, or your passion, you and your farm are one of a kind. Each is unique and requires just the right insurance coverage options. Indiana Farmers Insurance has been protecting farmers for more than 145 years. And together with your local independent insurance agent, today we deliver insurance solutions for your farm, business, home, and vehicles. Insurance can be complicated, so it's important to have a trusted expert who will guide you through your insurance experience. We partner with only the best agents, and like us, most of our agencies have been serving customers for generations. Beyond the basics, we have many other coverages available to match your needs. Our agency partners are experts and can tailor just the right coverages for your farm, business, home, or auto. Come visit us at indianafarmers.com and discover why Indiana Farmers Insurance is the right choice for you. We're proud supporters of Ag Bioscience, and we're here to help you protect what matters most. Welcome back to Ag Bioscience. Kristen Owen, Executive Director, Equity Research at Oppenheimer, joins us. Kristen, we were just talking about this idea of how do we hit profitability at the net farm level, net farm income, and how do we do that in these big public companies that you're spending time We've seen some big moves by big companies. John Deere has been fairly acquisitive. We saw a move, what, five, six years ago now with a pickup of uh, Blue River. We saw a pickup of Bear Flag Robotics. Corteva has made big moves. Others have made big moves in the space. How, how do you see this market evolving? Are we still in a cycle where this idea of ac acquisitions still continues to really drive innovation? Is this more homegrown innovation? Where does that split shake out? It's a bit of both, really. And I think in what, what we have seen is a little bit of an understanding that rather than thinking about agriculture as this is my lane and I, I just sell equipment or I just sell seeds, how do I understand that all of this works in concert? together. And there are a lot of factors that play that, that contribute to that. But I think we've seen more of the acquisitions targeted at 
with something that's maybe outside of my technical domain experience or bringing in some new technologies or new talent that can help me broaden the aperture of what I'm of the the problem that I'm trying to address. And everybody says the problem's slightly different, but ultimately it is how do we feed a world that's 9 to 10 billion people? Right. Do it sustainably and that means economically sustainably, but also environmentally sustainably. Right. And take advantage of some of the uh, big macro trends that we're seeing like the energy transition. So I think a, a lot of the acquisitions have occurred in that space where I see it an opportunity over the coming couple of years is for those technologies that have matured over the last two to three years when times have been quite good, a lot of those technologies that I see are sort of single-use applications, Mm. and they can find scale under the roof of a much larger organization. So whether it's a single mode of action biological, well, that's really tough to scale. And especially if you don't have a go-to-market channel and that trusted advisor relationship with the with the retailer, but finding a partner, somebody like a Corteva in that circumstance, who can broaden the, the reach of a product like that, there's a lot of value to, to come from that. And I think we'll see more M&A over the next couple of years in that, in that likeness. I want to dig deep into plant science because we are in Indiana, Purdue University here. We've talked about Corteva. You just initiated coverage on Benson Hill and Corteva in both. I love this, Kristen. Like I have goosebumps as I read this. I love what you wrote. Quote, advanced genetics have potential to unlock significant value for growers while enabling greater resource efficiency and climate resiliency. I think this is brilliant. And you've mentioned this. I want to hear more about this world that you see in plant science evolving, what you see ahead. But how does that evolution occur where the producer can make more money and those supplying the producer, the ultimate big food supply chain actually is more resilient. Well, and I'll start with that point because it is table stakes for us. As we look at technology, we you have to check three boxes for us. One is you have to uh, promote resource efficiency, so land, labor, water, uh, inputs, et cetera. The second is you. we are interested in technologies that promote a resilient food and ag system, so supply chain resiliency, sure. transparency. And then third, and, and this is really important to me uh, and, and how we look at the space, is the grower has to participate in those economics. Um, that's important from a technology buy-in perspective, but it's also the right thing to do that you can't you can't do sustainability on the backs of the farmer if they're not participating in those economics. Totally agree. Table stakes for us. Beyond that, what we are interested in understanding is how can you continue to do more with less? That's the nexus, right? So when we talk about crop sciences and we talk about um, novel traits and what's coming in sort of the, the inputs space, this is a business built on how do we do more with less? I talk about a theme uh, in my in our research about transitioning productivity from horsepower to brain power. I mean, that's an IP story. We don't go from 80 bushel an acre production in corn in you know the, the early part of the century to 180 bushels and continue on that same trajectory unless we are constantly innovating. I believe a lot of that innovation has come from incremental productivity, 
Obviously, we had uh, in in the 1990s more of the biotech side of of innovation. I think those two can work in concert together as precision application plus precision agronomics and crop inputs can can actually coalesce. So good, so good. We have to we got to zoom out a bit. So as we look at the broader economy and even the broader coverage area that your team at Oppenheimer has, not you totally, but the whole team. You have automotive tech giant Aptiv, Indiana-based engine maker Cummins, construction juggernaut Caterpillar. And it may be one of those things people are like, holy cow, how do you put your arms around all these things? But there's some really interesting trends when you begin to look at automotive tech, construction tech, engine tech, this intersection of horsepower in non-ag markets, autonomy in non-ag markets. How do you see these other industries shaping the future of ag bioscience? And maybe inversely, will ag bioscience shape the future of some of these other industries? Uh, yes, uh, is the short answer. I think that there that, that it's a two-way highway. But our our investment thesis has been predicated on IP that can displace natural resources or existing infrastructure and doing that at a positive gross margin. Because let's remember, we are talking about investment strategies yes. here. Uh, so, so it has to be profitable or a path to profitability. And so this is an applied technologies lens that we take to uh, how we think about our research. And when you take an example like Aptiv, again, not uh, covered by my teammate, but a technology thread that is foundational for autonomy. And you look at Aptiv and what they're trying to do to on-road autonomy. Well, the sensors are all very similar. The underlying algorithms that feed that data, very, very similar. And the learning cycles. Gosh, if you know, if I'm running a road uh, or driving over a road, I'm collecting tons of tons of data. Well, I look at John Deere's tractor, for example, and it's passing every planted acre. That's right. Think of the data. Multiple times. That's right. Yeah. In a season. Right. Think of all the different conditions that they're able to collect data under. Well, how does that not spin a flywheel for new ways of doing things more resource efficient? So that that's how we look at the overlap is the technology threads are very similar, whether it's automation or um, formulation. These are very similar across our entire coverage universe. The enabling technologies for those will benefit others. Um, Automotive building a lot of very dur- rugged, durable sensors. Tractor is a pretty bumpy ride. It's going to need a rugged and durable sensor. So I, I, I think that there's a lot of synergy both from an investment thematic perspective, but also a lot of synergy just in the supply chain that, that yeah. both industries will benefit from. Yeah, those austere environments, I think, of big mining equipment and tractors, right? It, very different, but to some degree, those core technologies that make that ruggedness possible exist in both cases. Okay, Kristen, last question. Got to wrap up. We've seen giant acquisitions across the ag bioscience economy, food makers making big moves, plant science folks making big moves. Time for the crystal ball. And if you need to provide a safe harbor statement before you do this, I get it. Um, Will we continue to see an era of acquisitions and what does the next chapter of ag bioscience across food, animal health, plant science, ag tech, what does it look like from your perspective? I'll answer the latter first, because I think that the broader 
uh, landscape looks more similar and more connected than it has been before. Uh, oh, we're breaking down silos. And that that's come because of innovation. But I think we're also seeing a wave of new generation of, of leaders at each of these companies that's really uh, driving innovation towards thinking about agriculture as a system and not just what's my, what's my lane and how much value can I create in my lane. So I do think that the system looks more like a network and a system over time. And some of that will have to come vis-a-vis -vis acquisitions. You talked about sort of where we are in the, in the market economy. Uh, you have a number number of companies that um, have benefited from the era of free money. Money is not free anymore. Right. So there may be some consolidation. And I think that that is broadly healthy for the industry. It shows maturity and hopefully from my seat, gets more innovation into the public markets where we can talk about it, teach a broader group of investors about how important agriculture is and, and why they should think about this from their climate strategies to their tech strategies to their broader macro strategies. So appreciate the work that you're leading, Kristen, to share this story with many, but also the reality that no matter the innovation, no matter whether it's ag tech, plant science, food, the producer, the person making the crop, growing the crop, has to benefit from that innovation. I love it. She is Kristen Owen, Executive Director, Equity Research at Oppenheimer. I told you it was going to be awesome. Kristen, incredible. Thanks for joining us on Ag Bioscience. Thanks, Mitch. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovusindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovus team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovus Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com. Mm -hmm.